Are you ready to be inspired, challenged, and strengthened in your faith walk? Are you ready to get breakthrough from those old cycles and thought patterns that you just can't seem to get freedom from? Then you've come to the right place. You are going to get freedom, you are going to get breakthrough, and you are going to get healing because that's the life that Jesus paid for. This podcast is not just talk. We're going to live it. I want to personally welcome you to my little podcast corner. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so excited for what God's going to do through our time together today. Whether you're driving in traffic to work, out on a morning run, or sipping your coffee in a comfy chair, let's get our hearts ready for today's word. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Not Just Talk. I'm Jillian Ahonen, and I, I want to start by saying I'm sorry I missed last week's episode. I'm finding that if I put myself on this strict, we're going to have a message every Wednesday. It's not really allowing me for things like, I got sick. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was sick last week. I wasn't able to record anything. And here we are this week, and I'm able to pull away and record. And I wanted to try something different today. So typically when I have a, an idea or something that the Holy Spirit has put on my heart, I take the time to really pray through it. I write down some notes and I've, I'm very well prepared. And I decided not to do that today. I decided not to do that um, for this week's message because I just want to share straight from my heart. I just want to talk about this concept and really just let the Holy Spirit um, speak through me as we go along here today. And what I want to talk about is unbelief. I, I don't think that we realize how often we are operating from a place of unbelief and it's limiting God from moving powerfully in our lives on a daily basis. A lot of times what happens is we've built belief systems around some ideas, some concepts, maybe even some theological beliefs, um, our experiences, our emotions, what others have experienced. And without realizing it, these belief systems are actually forming unbelief in our lives. And when we have unbelief going on, we're limiting God's power in our life. And so I'm going to just, um, I'm going to pull from my book, Ripple Effect. For those of you who don't know, Ripple Effect is really about undoing complicated Christianity and undoing the checklist and undoing the formulas and undoing the strategies and really just building a simple and powerful relationship with Jesus. Um, and so I talk a lot about these concepts of how much we've complicated Christianity. I believe with everything in me that God wants to undo this. He doesn't want us to constantly come up with these new strategies and these new ways and have to pray this way and have to do it this way. And you need to go to this ministry and you need to do that. And all of it is actually disconnecting from the vine, not going to God with a simple belief, really increasing our faith and just saying, God, move how you will in my life. Here I am. It's really costing us the freedom and the victory that Jesus already paid for. So I talk a lot about that in my book. And in one of the chapters, it's called Responding as a Child. And that's what I want to read from right now in regards to unbelief. Okay, here we go. As we read the word of God, there should be a tangible exchange going on inside of us that causes us to let go of our feelings, fleshly desires, and beliefs until our human reasoning is shattered. 
Then we invite God to do the impossible in us and through us, opening us to a whole new realm of possibilities of life in the Spirit. This life in the Spirit is the key to living in total freedom and victory in every aspect of our life, and it's meant to be activated daily. A Spirit-led lifestyle reveals the glory of God in us and through us, becoming living testimonies to the world around us. When we have ears to hear and eyes to see, scripture after scripture will begin to unlock in us as we spend time in the word of God. If we do not renew our minds through God's word and become teachable, our humanistic belief system puts parameters around God, limiting his ability to move in our lives. Here are the passages that jumped out at me several years ago during one of my quiet times in the word. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, Where does he get this wisdom and power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. He's the carpenter's son, and we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. All his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. And so he only did a few miracles there because of their unbelief. We can read these passages and picture the time and the pushback Jesus received based on his earthly family or emphasize the part about a prophet not being received in their own hometown. Totally fine. But let's take a look from another perspective. At first, they were amazed by his wisdom and the miracles they witnessed, and then human reasoning took over. From there, doubt and disbelief set in, blocking the fullness of Jesus' ministry in that particular region. The Bible literally says he could only do a few miracles because of their unbelief. It's not Jesus who is limited, it's our human reasoning that talks us out of just believing. Unbelief blocks God from moving powerfully in our lives today. These passages should send alarms of warning off to our system. We can literally block the power and presence of the Holy Spirit from being tangibly effective in our lives every single day with our human reasoning and our unbelief. The barrier is never on God's end, it's on ours. Human reasoning can feel intellectual, but consider becoming foolish for a moment. Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you are wise by the world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. And the scriptures say he traps the wise in the snares of their own cleverness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. He knows they are worthless. That's 1 Corinthians 3, 18 through 20. Again, that was a pull from my book, Ripple Effect, where we really dive into this idea of how often unbelief is coming in and forming doubt in our hearts and our minds and what happens without realizing that we're actually operating in unbelief. We don't go to God and believe for him to show up. Many of us are not realizing how often we've bought into these humanistic ways of thinking and these human strategies And what it's actually doing is blocking God from moving. Here's an example. There is a huge portion of the body of Christ that believes that their sickness is from God. That God is the cancer diagnosis that they may get or some other diagnosis is because God obviously wanted them to have it. And so when you have that belief system, you're not going to go to God and ask him to heal your body because your belief system has said it's his will that he wants you to have cancer. And to me, that just sounds completely crazy because if Jesus came to heal the sick, why would he come to give us cancer? So to me, that just kind of like, I, I, I can't even go there and thinking that framework doesn't make sense to me, but I do realize that there are a lot of people that believe, you know, just this 
this idea and this concept that God allows certain people to go through certain things and that's his will and they kind of just accept the diagnosis and live under that belief system. And what happens with that is why in the world would you go and pray against something that you think God gave you? So you see that belief system actually creates, without realizing it, unbelief in the God of the miraculous. So you don't pray for the miracle. You don't pray for cancer to leave your body in the name of Jesus. All of a sudden, you don't even read those scriptures where it says that we have authority over the sick and we're supposed to lay our hands on them and declare healing in Jesus' name, that Jesus paid for that kind of authority in our lives. You're not going to believe that. You're not going to operate in that way. You're not going to pray with that kind of boldness and authority, you're almost going to tremble back in fear and just say, God, if it's your will. So you see that kind of prayer reveals unbelief. And we got to believe for more. We have a limitless God that operates in a playing field that is beyond our human understanding. And we've got to be willing to recognize these areas in our lives that we are putting restriction on God. When I read my Bible, I ask the Lord to open my eyes and open my ears and expand my understanding of him. And we need to live with that awe and wonder. That's why Jesus said, unless you go like a child, you won't receive the kingdom of heaven. We have to go with that childlike ability to say, my human reasoning and my rational thinking and my belief systems need to be shattered in order to open myself up to receiving more of my God in my life. There are so many books and big platform names and they come out with all these different strategies on pray this way, you have to do this in order to have that, in order to get your healing, it needs to look like this. And without realizing it, now we're forming our ideas and our belief system around somebody else's opinion or somebody else's experience. And then we almost agree with it to the point where we're not going to believe that God could do something different, that God could do something powerful, that God can move as he wills in our lives. We just need to seek him and go after him for this thing that we're believing for. One of my favorite passages that I refer to a lot is when the father goes to Jesus and says, I went to the disciples to ask for healing for my son, and they couldn't do it. I don't know if you're familiar with that story, but it's powerful, and it's eye-opening, and we need to really see what was Jesus's response. He says, you unbelieving generation, how long must I stay with you? So here we have this father saying, I went to your disciples because the disciples were given authority to cast out demons. And here is this child who's been tormented by demons. Demons are trying to kill him. And Jesus's response when the father said that the disciples couldn't do it was, you unbelieving generation, how long must I be with you? So right there, we realize that it's unbelief that is blocking these disciples from performing this miracle that Jesus said they had the authority to do. There must have been some sort of intimidation going on. I put myself in that situation and I go, wow, how often do I see something? And because I see something in the natural, I automatically have doubt and unbelief. As soon as I have doubt and unbelief, I'm not going to pray from faith. We do this all the time. 
we we allow what we're seeing, what we're feeling, what we're experiencing determine the level of faith we're going to go after something. And then the father says, if you can heal him, will you? Jesus response again, we've got to pay attention to. He says, what do you mean if I can? Do you not believe? And the father responds back, oh Lord, I do believe. Help me in my unbelief. That is powerful. You need to really think about that one and consider it. Jesus's response to the inability to perform the miracle that he's already given the disciples authority to do is because of their unbelief. Then the father comes back and says, if, and Jesus is like, excuse me, what do you mean if? Do you not know who I am? (laughs) Do you not know what I'm capable of? What do you mean if? And he challenges the father back and says, do you not believe? I love this part though. The father's response was, oh Lord, I do believe. Help me in my unbelief. I think that we need to go with that posture constantly. We need to go through life with this posture that says, Lord, I do believe, but here's an area that's being revealed to me while I'm struggling to believe that you've got something for me that I haven't experienced yet. You see, we got to stop basing our belief systems around yesterday or what somebody else experienced or what somebody else says. And we need to go boldly and confidently to the throne room and accept what Jesus paid for. He paid for us to go directly to God, not to a person for prayer, not to this ministry leader to be delivered. It says we get to go to God. We get to go to God with everything that we're facing, with everything that we're walking through, and we can confidently go to his throne room of grace, believing that God is going to show up in the moment we need him. I asked my husband last night if I could share this story, and he's like, why do you always use me as an example? which I'm like, well, I don't think I have in my podcast yet. I've been using me as an example, Um, but it was so good. So last night we were out on a date. And for those of you who don't know, ever since, you know, 2020 and the whole shutdown thing, my husband, well, in the beginning of it, when it first happened, he goes, well, I guess there goes our weekly date nights, you know, because everything was shut down. I was like, excuse me, what? What do you mean there is no more dates now? Like we have a lifted Suburban. We've got beach chairs. We're going to picnic. We're going to go. We're going to find a dirt road. We can drive anywhere in our Suburban. No problem. We're going to park. We're going to find a beautiful setting and we're going to have a picnic. And honestly, we ended up loving that date night so much that even with everything full swing and open again, we still choose our picnics. They're private. They're personal. Uh, We get to talk, we get to hang out, and we're going to continue doing it. Screw going to a restaurant. (laughs) Actually, we pick up from a restaurant. We like to support our local businesses. But anyway, so my point being is we're out on our picnic date, and this is just last night, and he grabs the side to you know hoist himself up into the back of the Suburban. Because like I said, I, I drive a very lifted Suburban. I don't even know what the lift kit is on it, but it's super tall. People don't understand how I get in and out of it, but whatever. So it's tall. And so he grabbed with one hand the side of it so that he could hoist himself into the back because I was already in the back. I crawl through (laughs) and I'm sitting in the back with the chair and I'm waiting for him. And he's like, wow, that didn't even hurt my shoulder. So here's a backstory on that. You ready? I don't remember how long ago it was. I want to say it was about a year ago. And he injured his shoulder and we prayed, I prayed and it got healed and then he injured it again and we prayed and prayed and prayed and he didn't get much healing 
little bit here and there. And then he just, without realizing it, seeds of doubt started entering into his mind. And through casual conversation and through my questions, I learned that he was struggling to receive and believe that God could heal him because he had already healed him once and then he re-injured it and he probably re-injured it worse. So God's you know, he's probably going to have to have surgery. I didn't realize that thought was in there until I started asking him questions. And so long story longer, right? So, you know, he's going through this whole process. And interestingly enough, he ends up talking to several people who injured their shoulders in similar ways, had the similar pain, and they all had to go through surgery. And so he developed this belief in his mind that he was probably going to have to have surgery. His belief system formed around other people's experiences. He just kind of laid down to his physical pain and decided that he's probably going to have surgery. You know, for me, I'm going, excuse me, I just don't put God in a box like that. I'm going to go after God for my healing. I'm not going to decide that I need to have this surgery before I've even gone to God or I've even gone to, you know, gotten an opinion here, right? A, a medical opinion. And so anyway, he is forming his belief system through other people's experiences and other people's opinions. And it was just so weird how many people he ended up coming in contact with who said, oh yeah, yeah, I injured my shoulder and I had to have surgery. So like I said, he's building this belief system, not through his own experience, not, not through the bigness of God, but through other people's experiences. And I kept telling him, I'm like, first of all, go to a doctor, go to a physical therapist, try physical therapy before you decide surgery. Like, why would you go full force and create this idea in your mind that you're just going to have to have surgery and you almost are laying down to your injury and you're not even trying. Well, through conversation and things like that, he finally decided to go to a doctor and get an MRI and do the physical therapy route. In the middle of it all, I kept saying, we're going to believe for your healing. We're going to pray that it's going to get stronger and stronger and God's going to come in. He's going to do something. He's going to heal it. Let's pray that you don't have to have shoulder surgery. Let's pray that it doesn't have to be that invasive. If that is what the conclusion is, we will visit it at that time. But until that day comes and until we've got that confirmation to where we feel like we got to make that appointment, even up to the day of the appointment, let's pray for the divine. Let's pray for the miraculous. So he started to kind of stir up faith. And he started to listen to what I was saying because I started to talk to him about forming belief systems through our humanistic understanding and how it limits us from going to God to believe for more, to believe for that healing that is actually available through our unlimited God. He is the God of the miraculous. There are miracles that happen all day long, every single day. We don't hear about all of them. There have been plenty of times that I've prayed for a miracle and I've not experienced it. Now, I have a choice in that moment. I can decide that that strategy, that prayer, that way of praying didn't work or, you know, whatever it is, or maybe God doesn't want to work that way, or maybe God didn't want to heal me. But what happens when I allow my mind to go down that rabbit trail of, I guess not, or, you know, maybe he doesn't, or maybe that was God's will or whatever, whatever interjected thought comes in. What'll happen is the next time I experience something that is going to interfere with my prayer life. I'm not going to I'm not going to go 
at it with the same amount of faith and boldness because I'm using history to shape God. I'm using yesterday to decide what my God is capable of doing today. And that that's why I'm saying we've got to be really, really careful as to what kind of belief systems we're living under. I, I experience it all the time where people will say, oh yeah, I, I've prayed for that and it didn't happen. And so then they go, well, I guess I got to find a new way to deal with what I've been given. And they stop going after in faith, in that childlikeness of believing that God can still show up in one way or another, that we can still go after this miracle or we can go after this divine work of our big and mighty God because we've built our belief system around our past experience. I want you to realize that you haven't experienced all of God yet. You're going to spend the rest of your life here on earth and barely tap into his bigness. So keep pursuing him. Believe for more. Back to my husband's shoulder. He started going to physical therapy. He started doing the exercises. It showed up a tear in the MRI. But at the same time, interestingly enough, he's getting stronger. So he did have a tear, and that tear could indicate surgery, but he's showing improvement in physical therapy. He's getting stronger, and he's able to do the movements. What is seen to the visible eye isn't making sense to the experience of what he's, what he's now experiencing, right? And I pointed that out. I said, look, I said, your human understanding and your humanistic thinking could limit you from even trying to do these exercises that the physical therapist was given to you because you see on the MRI that there's a tear and that you need surgery. But when you go after something in faith and you ask God to show up and you ask him to build you, to strengthen you, to heal you, all of a sudden you see God show up and you're getting stronger. Then he got sick. He started to feel discouraged again. After so many days of not utilizing any of the physical therapy moves that the therapist had given to him, he felt like he was starting from square one again. He felt like he had no strength. He was experiencing the pain again, and he almost threw in the towel. You see how easy it is to have an experience and then decide we've just got to give up. What I feel like the Lord is teaching him through this is perseverance, is to keep believing for that thing, keep contending for the healing, keep going after it. Don't put any humanistic thinking into it. Stop basing what you're willing to go after based on what you're feeling, based on yesterday, based on a diagnosis, based on a bad news report. Let's go after a miracle. Let's believe that God is going to show up. Sure enough, he goes to the gym. He starts to do these exercises. All of a sudden, he's able to do things he has not been able to do in over a year. It doesn't make sense. It shatters human reasoning. And now, all of a sudden, he pulls himself up with that same arm that he's not been able to use in over a year, climb into the back of the Suburban, pain-free. You think God's not doing something with this? He's showing up. And I had to call him out on it. I had to say, look, look at what God's doing. It's because you started to line your belief system up with a bigger God and go after it anyway. You didn't give up. You didn't throw in the towel. You kept contending for your miracle. And look what's happening. You're getting stronger and you are getting healed. And you are not going to have to have surgery. I really felt like it was a strong word from the Lord that my husband was not going to have shoulder surgery. And he rebuttaled it. And he argued with me. We do it all the time and we don't realize it. I can't even tell you how many times I'm in, I'm in conversation with somebody and they'll come to me with their problem. And I will speak words of truth. 
and I will encourage them in the Lord. And they'll say things like, I don't believe that God works that way. Right there. I don't believe that God works that way. Do you realize that as soon as you say, I don't believe God works that way, you are now walking in unbelief and you are blocking yourself from potentially receiving a miracle. I've been in conversations with people where they're going through really overwhelming seasons and they're not experiencing peace and they believe that their peace is going to come when the situation is resolved. And I go to scripture and I tell them, no, you have access to a supernatural peace. And they tell me why they can't have it. Realize that's unbelief. I am in so many conversations with so many different people and my heart is crying out for my brothers and my sisters to open up their scope and realize how often they are forming their ideas around belief systems that are blocking God from moving powerfully in their lives in this moment today through human reasoning, through humanistic thinking, through step plans and formulas that man made up, not God, and we need to shatter it. We need to shatter the boxes that we have put our big and mighty God in, and we need to go after something more. We need to believe for more. We need to identify the areas that we are operating in unbelief because our belief systems are not shaped around a unlimited God, but they're shaped around somebody else's opinion, a book that they may have read, rather than just simply going to God in the moment of your need and saying, God, I believe that you can do something here. I believe that you can move powerfully in my life. I believe that you can heal, Lord. I believe that you can use me. I believe that you're going to move so powerfully in my life that I don't need to restrict you in any way. I am done saying that my God can't. I am going to believe that my God can and will show up. We need to start going after that more. This is the heart of the Father. This is what he desires for all of us. We need to recognize where we've got fear operating because we're afraid that God's not going to show up, and so we're afraid to pray that way. We've not been given a spirit of fear. So if we're operating in fear and we're afraid to believe for a miracle because we're afraid we're going to be let down, realize that God is going to comfort you no matter what. You don't need to worry about the outcome. Just believe for more. If I based my opinion of myself around my education, around my status, around my past experiences, around my past failures, I wouldn't be an author. I wouldn't be a coach. I wouldn't be speaking to the body of Christ. I wouldn't have a podcast. I had to believe that God was going to show up in my weak areas. I had to believe what God said about me versus what I felt about me. You see, our unbelief blocks us in so many different areas of our lives. I could have very easily decided that a single mom who was a stay-at-home mom for almost 10 years, totally uneducated, barely, barely made it through high school, absolutely has no business being an author and a leader called to speak into the church. I could have allowed my belief system to be built around my reality and my experiences that said, I'm just, I'm just a single mom. I'm uneducated. I hang out at parks all day long. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, that was part of my dialogue. I convinced myself that I have no business doing what I'm doing because who am I to think that anybody would want to listen to me? I had to dig deep. I had to face it. I had to own it and realize I was unbelief operating in my life. 
I was putting restrictions on how God wanted to use me. I was not operating in the authority and the anointing that God has given to me. And I was shriveling back and I was allowing my insecurities to determine who I was. Maybe you're doing that. Maybe you've decided that you can't go after the promotion or you can't go after the job change or, you know, whatever it is. And, it, and you have to realize that, that, again, that is unbelief operating in your life and you're basing your ideas and your position in life deciding how God wants to use you, what he wants to do through you. Again, it's unbelief. I try really, really hard not to take my experience and turn it into a strategic formula for you. I have a really hard time when people do that. And I'll tell you why I have a hard time with it. Because as soon as we decide that I got this miracle and this is how I prayed and this is the strategy I used, what we have is people who want the step plan. And they go and they seek out that step plan and then they're very discouraged when the outcome isn't the same. Did we ever see a consistent theme in Jesus's ministry? Or did he just meet each person that came to him? Do you realize that you can have that same experience with Jesus when you just personally go to him with your need? Stop going to the person on the platform believing that they're the ones who has to pray for your freedom and your healing. Go to Jesus. That's what he paid for. He paid for direct access to him, his presence, his power, and the authority in his name. And don't limit him by deciding that you have to do it a certain way or it has to look a certain way or you already prayed that and it didn't work and all of a sudden and you're laying down accepting what you're experiencing. God wants to move powerfully in each of our lives individually and personally. Let's keep it really simple. Let's just walk with him. When something surfaces in our life, go to him and believe that he's going to show up. My belief system almost stopped me from flipping on the microphone today and bringing you this message because I thought, well, I, I'm not prepared. I don't have any notes. I'm not sure if it's going to come out okay. And the Holy Spirit is like, what are you talking about today? I was like, whoa, I'm talking about unbelief. And he says, believe that when you turn on that microphone today, I'm going to show up and I'm going to speak through you and I'm going to minister to hearts. So in faith, I turned on that microphone and I said, Lord, I believe that everything that you want me to say is going to be said today. I'm trusting you, Lord. I believe. What if we just started living this way? Let's go to God and let's ask him to reveal to us where we are operating in unbelief in any and every area of our lives. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to open up our eyes and open up our ears to hear and see and receive more than what we're settling for. Let's really ask him to help us identify these areas so we can come out of agreement with unbelief and start living from a place of faith and belief and experience the miraculous. For we live by believing and not by seeing. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 7, and that's the NLT version. Some versions will say we live by faith, not by sight. God is calling us to live this way. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Believe for more than what you've seen. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. I'm believing the Holy Spirit met you powerfully through this week's episode of Not Just Talk. Now for the real part. Let's take this conversation beyond talk and live it in our daily lives. Amen? Don't forget to check out my newly released book. I'm really excited. It's called Ripple Effect, a transformational journey into God's heart that will change you from the inside out. 
It's available now on your favorite online bookstore, Amazon, or you can order a signed copy direct through my website, jillianahonan.com. Also, did you know that we have a ministry app where you can receive direct notifications for everything we have going on beyond this weekly podcast? Just search Jillian Ahonan Ministries in your app store and download it for free. And please, I'd love to see your face on social media. Connect with me on my public Facebook page or on Instagram. I hang out there daily. Don't forget to subscribe and come back next week for another episode of Not Just Talk. Hugs and blessings, family.